You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. mighty introductions when he introduces himself in letters, Paul, the apostle called by God. He was called by God to be an apostle. And he never lost sight of his calling. Paul never lost sight of his calling. He actively engaged in that ministry until the day his head was taken from him. The Lord still calls people today, men and women alike, into ministries, whether they be vocations or whether they be other ministries. He calls them into a service. And as he calls them, He provides opportunities for them to minister and to be witnesses. When you follow God's call into ministry, the cost is great. It's intimidating when you look at the fate that many in the early church met. As Pastor Dave will point out in today's message, few of us know what it's like to face down suffering or death for the sake of the kingdom. Would you be willing to go that far for Christ? And here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 26 as he continues his message, The Call to Ministry. He knows that he's been persecuting Jesus, not the church. He's been persecuting Jesus alone and that Jesus is really alive. What happens in Paul's mind during this time? Jesus is alive. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If Jesus was alive and I'm a Jew, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the Messiah. Wait a minute. The Messiah is supposed to be risen from the dead. Oh my gosh. Jesus is the Messiah. And he's standing right there before me and he's speaking to me. Lord Jesus has appeared to Paul to grant him salvation by confessing in his name and believing that God had raised him from the dead. So we have this call of salvation. And next we see the call to ministry with a specific purpose. The ministry has a specific purpose. Read verse 16. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. When God calls someone in the ministry, he gives them a specific purpose purpose. There's a purpose to your ministry. Paul's purpose was to be a minister and a witness. Now, the word minister here simply means under rower. You know, the guy in the galley of a Roman slave ship, that's what that word word really means. It also can mean the word servant, one who serves. And we know that witness simply means to tell about what you've seen and what you've heard. You're a witness. Jesus says, get up, Paul. Get up. Stand on your feet. I've called you. I've called you to be a minister and witness of the things I'm going to show you. What has Paul seen? He's seen the risen Lord. Paul actually saw the the resurrected Christ right there in front of him, face to face. He's going to testify of that. We talked about that. Jesus says, rise on your feet, Paul. I got things to show you. Get up. And it's interesting to me that he says those words because you know what I have found? Ministry is moving. Ministry is moving. Ministry is not sitting around waiting. Ministry is moving. It's not standing still. To serve, one must be actively moving. Ministry is active, not passive. Jesus says, this is why I appear to you, Paul. Get moving. Don't look back at mistakes. Don't look back at past failures. 
Don't look back at past victories except to give me glory. Just get moving. Ministry is moving. Get going. Jesus' words are quite clear. This is what David Guzik says on this. He said, the commission was clear, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness. Paul was commissioned for two things. First, a minister, which means to be a servant of things which he'd seen, of things which Jesus would yet reveal to him. The commission of the Christian is not to make the message or his testimony serve him. He is called to serve the message. Second, Paul was called to be a witness of those things. The commission of a Christian is not to create experience or create the message, but to witness it and experience it, unquote. So we see Paul being called to salvation. Paul being called to ministry with a specific purpose. And the next thing we see is Paul being called by God to a ministry that has a specific aim. Look at verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. There's the specific aim of Paul's ministry. The Gentiles to whom I will now send you. We read in Acts 15 and we studied it at length. When Jesus was talking to Ananias, Ananias says, I don't know, I don't want to go talk to this guy, Paul. And, and the Lord said, but the Lord said to him, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. This was the aim of Paul's ministry. This was the target audience, so to speak. You're to go to the Gentiles now. But Paul's heart was for his people. Paul's heart was for his people, the Jews, and the Lord knew this. And Paul would have many, many, many opportunities to witness to the Jews. But Jesus said, you're going to witness to me of kings too, but your focus is going to be the Gentiles, Paul. What do we see today in today's scripture? Paul's fulfilling this command of Jesus Christ. He's standing before a king. He is standing before a king giving testimony that Christ has risen, that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the Messiah. This brings us to our fourth and final part. The calling of God has a specific message. It has a specific message. Look at 18. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. The specific purpose of Paul's ministry was to be a minister and a witness. The specific aim was the Gentiles, Jews, and the kings. But the specific message was the gospel. For the gospel itself entailed opening the eyes. This implies blindness. Paul would later write to the Corinthians that the God of this world has blinded their eyes that they can't see. See, a man who does not know Jesus Christ is blind to the truth in many, many different ways. What's even worse is a person who knows the truth but is still blind to it and doesn't believe. But the God of this world has blinded men's eyes that they can't see the truth. Paul was to open their eyes, to turn their eyes from Satan to God. How was he going to do this? The gospel. It's the gospel message. The power of God to salvation to all who would believe. See, there's two kingdoms in this world even as we speak. There are two spheres of government, if you will. One is the government of God and one is the government of Satan. They are mutually exclusive and they're very antagonistic. Every man exists in one of two kingdoms. You're either in the kingdom of light or you're in the kingdom of darkness. You're either in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of Satan. And if, that, if you're in the kingdom of darkness, then you are under Satan's control. If you're in the kingdom of light, you're under God's control. 
In the beginning, there was just one kingdom. It was God's kingdom. All things were in obedience and subjected to him. He created angelic beings. One special being known as Lucifer, who was an anointed cherub, rebelled against the authority of God. And he formed a second government, the government of death and darkness. Ultimately, Satan's kingdom is going to come down. In fact, we're close to the end of Satan's reign right now, praise God. When Jesus returns, and it's going to be soon, he's going to establish God's kingdom upon the earth, and at that time, Satan will be bound and cast into the abuso. And after a thousand years, he receives a reprieve, and he's brought out. But at the end of that short period, he'll be cast into outer darkness, cast into the lake of fire. The kingdom of darkness will one day be so dark and black that you won't be able to see a thing. It'll be black forever because there'll be a separation from God, complete separation. God is the kingdom of light and life. And all those who live within his subjection and his authority will see a beautiful universe. We'll see a glorious thing called heaven. How we long for that day when every rebellious act is put out and God reigns supreme. So Paul's ministry was to deliver the people from this kingdom of darkness and bring them into the light. Bring them into the light of Jesus Christ to free them from the power of Satan that they might come to God in order that they might receive forgiveness of sin. And this is the effect of the gospel. The effect of the gospel is we're forgiven of sins and we're given an inheritance. An inheritance. It's so easy to become a part of that kingdom. It's so easy to leave the kingdom of darkness and become a child of the light just by accepting Christ, believing in him, submitting to his lordship. It's a kingdom. And we bow before his authority. We bow at his feet. We bow at his authority. Paul was called to be a minister, and he was called to be a witness. His calling had a specific purpose. It had a specific aim and a specific message. He was called to be a preacher and a teacher of the Gentiles. But he was called even further than that. He was called to be an apostle. He was called of God. And you read his mighty introductions when he introduces himself in letters, Paul, the apostle, called by God. He was called by God to be an apostle. And he never lost sight of his calling. Paul never lost sight of his calling. He actively engaged in that ministry until the day his head was taken from him. The Lord still calls people today, men and women alike, into ministries, whether they be vocations or whether they be other ministries. He calls them into his service. And as he calls them, He provides opportunities for them to minister and to be witnesses. Now, as I said, these scriptures are extremely important to me. And I'd like to take just some time to just end here and tell you how important they were when they are. It's really, really freaky when I pulled this letter out. I have a letter that I wrote back in November 23rd, 1993. I have a letter that I wrote in 1993. And when I looked at it, I said, oh my gosh, did you know that yesterday was November 23rd of 2013? This is about 20 years old when I wrote this letter. I wrote this to Greg Laurie, who at the time was the pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. And I used to hear his program about, called The New Beginnings. I basically introduced himself, told him what I had doing, and told him that I enjoyed his writing, his teaching on The New Beginning. I told him that I belonged to a church after I became born again. And I've been doing all kinds of things like setting up equipment, being on the worship team, doing announcements, singing on the worship team. I wanted to do everything I could. I told him that I'd been raised up as an elder in the church and that I taught summer Bible school, that I led a group every fourth Sunday at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission, 
And I've been doing it for a long time. And I actually even was blessed to give the word on Sunday one day when the pastor was out. And then I said, lately, I have felt that the Lord is raising me up to be a pastor. I had this crazy feeling that the Lord wanted me to pastor. I had no idea where this feeling came from. It was a burden that the Lord placed upon my heart, a huge burden that I couldn't shake. I I even quoted several scriptures here. And then I asked, how? How do I know? I'm going to talk to my pastor, but I felt the Lord was leading me to write to you. Do I enroll in Calvary Chapel Bible College? I said, I need to make sure that this is the Lord's will for me and not my own thinking. How did you know, I asked him. I said, I'm much older than you were when the Lord called you to pastor. Not that age has anything to do with it, but my impatience sometimes gets the better of me. Hmm. We never talked about impatience, have we? I said, I know I need to wait upon the Lord, and he will guide me through. However, I felt led to ask your advice. Thank you for taking time to read this letter. May the Lord guide you and keep you. Yours in Christ, Dave Shank. I'll have it here if you'd like to read it. So that was in November. In December 10th of the same year, I got a letter back. I got a letter back from Harvest Christian Fellowship. I was astonished. I opened it up. I went, oh, my gosh. Now, it was not from Greg. It was from one of his assistants, Greg. Hi my, na- my, hi, my name is Jeff. I'm an associate pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship with senior pastor Greg Laurie. Due to Greg's busy schedule, he's not able to personally answer most of his mail, and he's asked me to respond to your letter. We're blessed, blah, 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 blah. He says, to answer your question and knowing God's will for future ministry, that's a good question. And he talks to me about in his own life, how the Lord placed the garbage. Then he started to give me guidelines on how I could know God's will for my life. He started to give me guidelines on what I could do and how I could look at to see what God's will was. Determine what the burden was. Was this burden something that's always been there? Have people noticed this burden upon you? Yeah, they have. Is it truly God's will that you've been placed in the ministry? Or is it your will? I wasn't really sure. Are you faithful in the little things? Well, I was. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was just serving the Lord any way I could. Anything that happened at church, I wanted to be there. Anytime there was something to do, I wanted to be there and do it. I was serving the Lord. And he goes on and on and on and on. And then he came to the one thing. He says, are you praying about this desire on a daily basis? Yes, I am. Are you seeking the peace of God about full-time ministry? Or is there confusion in your heart? I sank. I I fell to the knees. I began to weep like a little girl. Because I hadn't had peace of God. There was no peace in my heart. I had confusion. Why do you think I wrote the letter? There was confusion in my heart. And I cried. I said, how many out to be? And I said, I don't know what's going on. I'm really, I'm really upset. And I explained everything to her. And we prayed. And I said, I, I got to go out to my prayer closet. My prayer closet. We lived in Ocean City. We lived on the beach. My prayer closet was this huge beach. And in December 10th of 1993, that huge beach was deserted. And there was nobody there but me and the Lord and my dog who was running around. And I went out on there and I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. And I told him all about the letter, which he already knew. He knew everything about it. And I told him, I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I said, if it is your will for me to be a pastor, you will make it clear to me. And you alone will make it clear to me. You will call me and I will know. And when you tell me, I will know explicitly. And if you tell me no, that's okay. I will still serve you. I love you. You're my savior. You're my king. And I prayed. I spent about an hour on the beach and I came back in. And I walked through the living room and I talked to my wife. I said, hi. I went back into the study and I sat down. And I said, okay, Lord, if you're going to speak to me, the only way you're going to speak to me is through your word. Now, I could play Bible Russian roulette. I don't know if you ever played that before. It's where you take the Bible and go, and you claim that verse. 
And you know the old joke where somebody did that and went, and Judas went to hang himself. Ooh, go and do likewise. Oh, you know. So. You've heard that old joke. I wasn't going to do that. I refused to do that. I said, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the book of Acts because that's where my reading has been. And I looked up at my diary that I kept, and I was in Acts 26. Hmm. I was in Acts 26, and I was supposed to read Acts 26. That was my reading for the day. So I started reading, and I began. Then Agrippa said to Paul, verse 1, and I started reading through. And I'm sitting there reading and reading and reading and reading. I get down 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. But rise, stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things of which you will see and the things that you don't see. Instantly had the peace of God to pass all understanding. I instantly knew that at some point in my life, God would do what he had called me to do. I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea how it would happen. But I knew that God had called me. I knew that God had called me. I went out, cried with my wife and told her. I said, I don't, still don't understand what's happening. The burden of ministry was huge. The burden just wouldn't be lifted. It was huge. It was on my heart daily. I served the Lord at every single opportunity I could serve him. Not only in Ocean City, but when I went to Vineland, I did the same thing. Tape ministry, greeter, worship team, choir, usher, painter. Bob and I painted the church one time. Sunday school teacher, prayer groups, leading Bible study, teaching for Pastor Frank on a Wednesday night. Being an elder, being a board member, I served the Lord with my entire passion. That's all I wanted to do was serve the Lord. At one time, I thought he was opening up a, a fellowship in an upper township, and I opened up a Bible study in upper township, and, and George was there, and a couple other people were there, and we had this Bible study for one whole year, and one whole year we met at these people's house. We went through the book of Genesis, and every week there was at least 40 people there. Patrick, uh, Patrick and, and Ed and Naomi were there too. Forty people were coming to this bell. I'm like, surely the Lord's going to do something. Surely the Lord, this is it. Surely there's going to something here. Nope. I remember praying, Lord, if it's not your will, then close it. I didn't think he would. But he did. But I served him. I served him. Now, I'm no way the caliber of the Apostle Paul. I've never seen the risen Lord, nor have I audibly heard his voice. But I have experienced the call to salvation, as many, many of you have. You've experienced that call to salvation. It happened to me in 1991, as I explained. I received his call to a specific ministry, to be a minister and a witness. And the Lord also gave me a specific aim, and that would be to a pastor of a church. And he gave me a specific vision. It would be a pastor of a Calvary Chapel church that taught the Word of God because it's through the Word of God that we learn about him. It's through the Word of God that the gospel is preached, and that's where people are saved, and that's where lives are changed. And that was my aim, and that was my goal, and I relate to these things. And 17 years later, 17 years later, February 2010, I came down here as pastor. The Lord is not slack in his promises. The Lord says he will do something and gives you a calling. He will do it. We are not to determine when and if it happens or how it happens. I remember one time praying to him, Lord, it was right after I saw the, I was right after I saw the, the uh, facing the giants for the first time. 
And I was so moved by that story, I went out and basically cried the same thing, not about a child, but about a ministry. I said, Lord, if you never allow me to be a pastor of the church, I still love you. I still serve you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I remember feeling that because it hadn't happened 17 years. I was one impatient puppy. I guess I want to leave you with what's the Lord called you to do? What has the Lord called you to do? We know that he's called all to salvation, and that's the first step. But what specific ministry after that has he called you to do? Maybe it's working at your job. Maybe it's being the best employee that you can possibly be. Maybe he's called you into ministry here at Calvary Chapel, uh, Cape May. We have ministry opportunities. We need Sunday school teachers. There's, there's all kinds of things to do here. Are you faithful in the little things that he presents before you? Or, or, or are you waiting for us to get on stage and to have the, sh- the light shine on you? See, the light should never shine on me. The light should shine on Jesus Christ. And I never want the light to shine on me. It's all about Christ. It's nothing about anybody else. It's Jesus, only Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. Are you faithful to the little things? You know, it's my heartfelt prayer for all of you. That the Lord would speak to you and open up your hearts to all that he might say to you. That you would grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That you would be rooted and grounded in his word. That you would become the men and women that he wants you to be. The husbands and wives that he wants you to be. The mothers and fathers that he wants you to be. And we would be able to change the world by the way we live our lives and the testimony that is within us. That people would see Christ in you, the hope of glory. And they would be drawn to him. That's my heartfelt prayer. I beg of you, find out what he has for you. Find out what he has prepared for you. Become involved in our work here. Here in Irma, here in North Cape May, here in the little lower township, corner of our world. And there's still many things to do before he comes. There's still many things to do. Remember we talked a couple weeks ago about occupying until he comes. Being busy about the Father's business, doing the things. We must continue to be ministers and witnesses of His amazing grace in our lives. We must wait upon Him and trust Him. But once you are called, once you get that call, you gotta go, you gotta move, you gotta act. Let's start today. Let's, let's start now. Maybe the Lord has called you to salvation. Maybe you haven't done that yet. Maybe the Lord is calling you to salvation. This is the biggest call of your life. This is the most important call. Everything else is secondary. Everything else you do for the Lord is secondary if you don't accept him as Lord and Savior. If you don't accept Christ as Lord and Savior, everything else doesn't matter. It'll all be wood, wood, uh, wood, hay, and stubble. It'll all burn up. It's gone. This call determines where you will spend eternity. Don't miss the call. Look at the caller ID and know that it's God calling. Don't miss it. God has called us all to repentance, and this is the first step. We must confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. We must believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and the scripture says, you will be saved. That is where ministry starts. You are Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. We encourage all our listeners to spend time daily in the Bible, learning from the timeless text that your Creator has given you. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Dave's teachings from this series in Acts or explore messages from other books of the Bible, you can do so by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, we'd be happy to send you one. Just give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. We're so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you with each new edition of Assure Hope. But we want to encourage you to find a local church to attend regularly as well. Being a part of the body of Christ gives you a place to learn and grow with other imperfect people while providing an outlet for your unique, God-given gifts. If you're in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship and Bible study, and childcare is available. We're excited to have you join us. For more information and to get directions, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. That brings us to the end of our program for today. Thanks for tuning in to Pastor Dave's study in the book of Acts today. And we hope you'll join us again right here on Assure Hope.